0: on a six game winning streak the toronto raptors on a six game winning streak Wow. maybe me and will lou should kind of get together and celebrate we of course follow uh the raptor show with will lou yep and everything's so rosy here at sports 590 the fan yeah you know what we should do we should give them an hour of our show on thursday as a present Yes, we are. (laughs) NBA trade deadline. He's like, Will's leaving the studio. He's like, when do you guys have your trade deadline? I'm like, March 23rd. He goes, what's wrong with you guys?
1: (laughs) So true. It's like a fairly similar timeline. It's weird late this year. Really late. Olympic break
2: and all that. Guys, I love their – I'm a huge Raptors fan. I watch every Raptors game. They are back. Big time. They're back. back. They're back. Good. They're back. And it's the first time in history that – but they've had coinciding six game winning streaks. No way. Yes, sir. According to the wonderful SportsNet stats, yep. Stevie Fellon does an unbelievable job with that uh yep, first time in history. Are
0: yep. you one of those guys that uh love those loves the the rare moment when all the Toronto teams are playing somehow uh, the same night? Don't Aren't the, I hate, aren't I the hate Argos it. like? Didn't they once play at the same time as the Raptors and the Leafs
2: too? I'm and... not comfortable talking about the CFL. Initial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the last experience. <laughs> but uh, let's give the CFL some love here. I a it's a I, I hate when they all. I hate when the Raptors and Leafs play on the same night because I love to watch both and give my undivided attention. So I, I always am flicking back and forth between commercials. Are you at
0: it. that point where you just get
2: a second screen on the same wall? But I, my ADHD is way too severe for that. I can't do two screens at once. I got to be flicking back and forth.
1: I'm working that uh, angle slowly to my to my wife, the second screen on the same wall. Yes. I, you don't just say, hey, here's what I want to do. What would you yeah. think about? Would you? I'm just kind of like putting it out there as a possibility, you know? Because it sounds it's great. great, it is great. Are you?
0: You got two TVs going? Oh, on? I had four. Oh my. at my! <laughs> Just, at my house,
1: the, the, top, the stock market yes. ticker
0: commercial. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Four that gets a little TVs. tricky sometimes. That's awesome. Nobody, w- nobody was allowed in that room, by the way. Don't touch the TVs. I gotta say, you—the
1: size of your home and the size of my home were probably not the same when we were agree. doing
0: that. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. So overall, a good night. Uh, JB, we saw you on, on the telecast. It had mm-hmm. everything from helicopter rides uh, with, with Tara and Ron to a fight with Wayne Simmons and uh, uh, Brendan Smith mm-hmm. to some good goaltending, at times some not-so-good goaltending and an overtime win for the Toronto Maple Leafs.
2: Good hockey him. That was a lot of fun to watch. Sammy, you thought it was playoff intensity? Well, I have to say that the number one biggest text that i exchanged with a lot of different people cuz I, I i've built my whole life around this i just everyone just comes to me with these leaf takes but the number one thing i got was what a game this is an amazing game what a game great game fast game yeah. and that would be my takeaway is that those were two of the elite teams in the nhl playing at top speed intensity you know a little bit of greasiness here and there um, simmons Beating the tar out of Smith for like not even really that bad of a hit. It was kind of an accidental greasy move. I just I was all in on that game. Enjoyed every second of it. Two amazing teams.
1: Was it Simmons? Very good. Was it Simmons <laughs> who said that he liked to punch the head off people's shoulders, or did someone else say that for him preseason? Either way, uh, I mean he. That was a full-on assault. I also just want to say, Sammy, um, I remember this summer when you said you were done with the Leafs. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to throw back that there was a point when Sam was done with the Leafs. I I liked...
2: Yes, very much uh, so. uh,
0: Even even though you you question whether it was truly needed, it's a nice message for Wayne Simmons to send, and it's just not for Carolina. It's for everybody else that's watching this game... And his teammates on the bench. ...that I I can still... I, I, I can do this. Yeah. I'm not doing it very often... But when I do, <laughs> yes, yeah. <it's> Seki. right? <laughs> that was not <laughs> it, a fair fight. It's
2: going to end badly, pretty much for most guys around the league if they go with him. Is the message that was sent yesterday? And I, I love seeing that. I thought Wayne
1: Simmons was awesome last night. It's probably where we shouldn't start the,
0: yeah. the show. Well, overall, just the feel. Uh, I'm, I'm with Sammy. It was a it was a entertaining game. Mm-hmm. To me, that was a very high end, intense regular season game. You want to mm-hmm. s- tell me that that's playoff hockey? I'm not quite there yet, Sammy. But mm-hmm. for the regular season, and at times, boys, we have not seen intense regular season games. No, and with no and fans, it's and, tough to generate And that's that. what you're kind of up against. Maybe. But it's, it was a good hockey game, and especially coming off an all-star break when you're still not sure where the guys are really mm-hmm. mentally and physically. It was, it was overall a very good game for the Toronto Maple Leafs to at least show that you can you can hold your own against a team like that do i would i bet today leafs in a best of 7 against that team are they where are the 50-50 where or where you move Sam, the slider on 50-50 kipper off off of last night's game where are you on on a stance that if you saw these two teams go up in a best of seven. 51-49, the Leafs win the series.
1: I was going to say, it's going
2: gonna, it's gonna to go to game seven. The Leafs are going to lose. That's probably how it's going <laughs> to go. Where are you, I, Kipper? I think they're really, really, really evenly matched teams, which is a, quite yeah. a thing to say. I got it 51-49, Carolina. I don't see... I think uh, I, a sniff yeah, better. I, I don't see evenly matched. Better forwards better for D the D Leafs. Better Better D for Carolina. Yeah. Wash, goaltending-wise. And that's the big factor, is...
0: Can a Jack Campbell come in and steal a seven-game series against Carolina? Yeah, he could. For sure. And I don't think Frederick Anderson did himself any favors last night. You know what I was thinking? Freddie can't get this Game 7
1: pressure we've talked about here in Toronto with Freddie and Sammy was all over Freddie Mm -hmm. about... Even though it's Carolina and that market doesn't have the same pressure, that is going to follow him now because Toronto eyeballs are following Freddie. And if he's in a game seven, the the mounting pressure of
2: his previous sevens
1: is still there. Oh, so, yeah. That so doesn't th- go
2: away. Listen, last night was a microcosm of a Frederick Anderson Leafs season. How it, so? Spectacular at the start. Yeah. Carried Already. Him, carried How? him through the first I don't know half of that game. He was really good and had Austin's number. Number. Stopped him multiple times. He was uncontested. He was legitimately excellent for the first half of that game. And then you know the the, goals. The the one Willie score that Matthews ended up getting was it kind of bouncing around. He was not in the right position. Matthews scores on him, which was whatever. I didn't
0: have an issue with uh, the one that he tapped in on the goal line. I mean, he was kind of swimming out there a little bit. Overplayed Morgan Riley on the one timer to Austin and it's like he he covered a foot short side beyond the near post. He was so far to the right. All on Austin's one timer. On yeah. It's and- like how can you not see the most dangerous shooter in the world uh standing there on on the tee box with a bucket of balls. Yeah. You know, just waiting to
2: he went up. If this is how we're going to be about that, how's, how do you guys feel so, about the third one? So then, <laughs> so then where we've gotten to the, you know, getting close to playoffs here in this microcosm and then the playoffs start and it's the third period and boy, that was an awful goal he led into Marner.
0: No, it, it can't get any worse. It was it a was, wrister from the
2: half board that was going, like you said, going wide, ends up on the wide, slot. Wide short side where it ends up on the far post rebound.
0: Yeah, it was ugly. That was an ugly one. Like, come on. Like, any other top 10 goalie closes the door and the Leafs lose by a goal. But here's the
1: thing he's like, again, top of the league in save percentage, gold saved above expected. Anything
2: you want to look at. Freddie's there. I watched him for. He looked like Freddie to me. He made the same mistakes that he made for five years here, overplaying, which he always did. He, 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 exactly. Rebounds, which he always had. And swimming around when the pucks. This is what's it's the same this thing. This is
1: called confirmation bias. It, Psychologists have done I, a lot of work on this. You're looking for
2: so, it. So well, I mean, so I've we've yeah maybe. marvel
0: <laughs> at Jack Campbell's ability to smother pucks and get a face off.
2: Yes, he is uh, second
1: best in the league at freeze rate. And
0: where is uh, the goalie with all the great stats? <laughs> he,
1: is, he is fifth from the bottom of the of the league among goalies who played 15 games. He's fifth last.
0: Fifth last Mm -hmm. in... It's freeze rate. He does, does
1: not freeze pucks that hit him.
0: So that's an issue for Carolina.
1: Big one. But at least they have the D to clear the front. If you're doing that and you got old Timothy Lilligren in front, it's a little harder.
2: I will say, I think it's pretty easy to understand how Frederick Anderson's numbers look like they do, right? You look at that decor, and the Leafs are one of the elite teams in the NHL, and they got some shots through, and they ended up scoring a few goals. But if you're playing... A step below the Leafs, they're going to have a tough time getting through that decor, which is excellent. And he's not going to have a lot of high chances, like a lot of high chance stuff on him. Like Ralphie was talking about yesterday with the good goalie, good team goalies, bad team goalies. I think it's a good spot for him. But when the team, the game got bigger and the team was elite that they were going up against, the pucks went in the net. It was ended up being four. So I've seen this story before. I just, I, it was confirmation bias for sure. But like, it just kind of looked like Frederick Anderson to me. There, Freddie
0: Slander. And that will follow him until he can... Oh, that's it.
1: It's just following him until he wins a cup or something.
0: Conference final, Stanley Cup yeah. final. I think you could shed a lot of that and not win the cup. Yeah. But that's the only question mark I see with that lineup. And I, I didn't think they were... Uh, they were off. I, I didn't see Carolina... Sebastian Aho, he had a couple opportunities, yeah. not not a big night for Sveshnikov. Uh, yeah. They no, nobody really stood out, and yet the Leafs had their big boys doing what they do best, led by Matthews and, and Marner, and of course uh, the biggest story after the game wasn't necessarily the win. It's how's Austin Matthews mm-hmm. hit late in the game, didn't return, suspected concussion. I believe we have a clip of Sheldon Keefe who spoke about uh, Austin Matthews and the way he felt today. Let's have a listen.
3: I came in today feeling pretty good, so it's a really good sign. Obviously, for his status in terms of practicing uh, tomorrow, we'll see how he comes in. But today was a very good day.
1: Okay, so he's uh, not ruined. That looked that that looked vaguely. Steckle on Crosby-esque to me. I know, Sam, you didn't think it was that uh, no, severely. I thought it but... was a bit of a glancing
2: blow. I thought it yeah. could have been, if it was, yeah, that's it could have been a lot worse. The girthiest wow. part of the helmet, it... I, I thought he was, if the game had been longer, I think he would have probably come back. That's the thing with
0: concussions is that you could think that it could have looked a lot worse, but it could oh, still do it's, a it's tremendous amount of damage.
1: moments that just like, yeah, you never know. It's like, wow, he barely clipped a guy. I,
0: I don't know, you. Forty-eight hours later, do you just go by him feeling good and put him back into? It's a
1: good question. Like it's Calgary. Austin Matthews, if he wants to play on Thursday and says he's fine, do you still say, "Well, you're kind of a valuable I, asset to us. We're going to hang on a game."
2: I, I, again, I would bet he misses a couple games.
1: If I, if I,
0: I would almost think that they would do it just to be safe. Like he got Muzzin on the other hand, who's missed now what four and a half weeks, mm-hmm. five weeks. He hasn't played. It's been that long? It's been a while. Yeah. Well, it'll be that after this week. Right. So I don't know. I mean, you gotta think that they're having that conversation right now. Maybe we we give them the night off in in Calgary.
1: Well, and I think if you're on the medical staff there and your job hinges on protecting guys, the last thing you want to do is Matthews go back, all of a sudden he starts feeling queasy and turns out he wasn't ready yet. The old brain wasn't ready. You know, I, I could see everyone protecting themselves and saying, "We're just going to give Austin till Saturday." You know, till till we go to Vancouver and the West Coast road trip. But either way, that's better than it looked like. It looked like in the moment, uh, I I thought you know at least a couple of weeks, two three weeks he'd be out. So that's the, a positive th- uh, sign.
2: The thoughts that crossed my mind when I they flashed to Matthews lying on the ice was crap. Was the first one that went through my mind. I'll use that word as a very PC. Yes, it was not that word. But then the second one was like, oh, maybe he's out for a while, they'll just put them on LTIR and they'll use it eleven million dollars to uh fill in the around the around the things and bring them back for the playoffs. <laughs> Kucherov is brewing my brain. Yeah. The NHL cap. You really count. went there. The thought crossed my mind. Maybe they can trade for Eichel. Has he got traded yet? They're in the listen, the thing is it's like sure it's like if he misses a few games, it's tough. I understand. But they're still a good team. They're in the playoffs. It's a locked that they're gonna make the playoffs. You know, a few games off here wouldn't be the worst thing. I don't know.
0: Just fake it till April. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Okay. Is he's going to, what we think, is, as long as he stays healthy, going to uh, set a new record for the Toronto Maple Leafs and mm-hmm. chase Rick Vives' record of 54 goals. It's, it's hardly mentioned. Nobody he, talks about it. Yeah. The media is not building it up. Is that just, does it go... To show everybody that uh, nobody cares about that? It's all about just winning? Well, it, it has been a
1: thing like a foregone conclusion. Like, at some point, Matthews will be the guy who holds that record. But, you know, to Vibe's credit and to a lot of people who, um, you know, have those sort of records, like, longevity is not guaranteed. You know, you, you got to play in all the Scoring games. Scoring fifty-four goals in the NHL is hard. Yeah, there's a like reason Francis it's the is record. Matthews. Uh, he has thirty for the sixth straight season. Correct. But he doesn't have five's record. No. You know, and that's been a lot of his own unfortunate luck. You know, shortened seasons and injuries and whatever. But that's kind of part of the deal—is having the good fortune to play enough games to get there too. So. It should probably be more discussed. I'm glad you brought it up because that it would be an honor and it should be fitting that he ends up uh, with, with that title at some point.
0: And he's in really an elite group of doing it before the age of 25. Six 30 goal seasons. Yes, can't be many people. That's insane.
1: I know it's bad. Give, give me
0: some names. Gretzky, Ovi. There you go. Crosby. Uh. Bossy. Nope. Do you know? Or Dion, you just- yeah, I got it right Marcel here. Marcel Dion, oh. Gretzky. I don't see uh, Lemieux. Yes, I don't see uh, Bossy on here. No Bossy. Uh, no. No Big E. No, okay. No, no Ovi. No Ovi.
1: What do you, What do you got here?
0: I got Dale Howard, Chuck. Good one. I got Yager. Yeah. You said uh, Ace Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Stevie Y. Joe Sackick in here. Brian Trotsch. Trots. The and guy. one you guys would never guess.
1: Flim Nerbsley.
0: Pierre. <laughs> Pierre
2: Turgeon? Yes. No way. Yes. Ziggy Palfy. That's a great list of players to be included with. Wow. Austin wow. Matthews, totally the seventh
0: the player in NHL history to record six or more 30 goal seasons before age. Twenty five. Wow. So what
2: happened with Ovi? How was he not there? I don't know. Well, let me look this up. Lockout. Did it start a little late? Yeah. But he scores thirty goals every single year. So Line that's an amazing it. list. Yeah, that is. So that's a big he one. He just might have missed it. Like he might have been like twenty
0: five and yeah. three months. All right, the the first years of his career, he's got
1: as a rookie, he got fifty two, yeah, then forty six, then sixty five, then fifty six, then fifty in his first five seasons. How can, how can he not be on the list? The next year, he had thirty two goals in seventy nine games. Thirty two goals in twenty nine and seventy nine games. And, what, and, what happened and, that year? Well, and,
0: and everybody else started at age eighteen, right? And yeah. and Ovi started Derek at 20. twenty. There you go. There's the difference. There's. There's How did Obi only
1: score 30 times?
0: <laughs> all right. Sorry. Guys. I don't know. I'm floored. Okay. Okay, and and not not lost in all of this is Mitch Marner's 8-game goal streak. And is tied for the third longest in the NHL since 92-93. And 10 goals. 10 goals. Like what did Mitch Marner score last year total? 8 games. <laughs> uh, you know what's really strange? What's that? On those 10 goals, is how many have been assisted with Austin Matthews involved? Give me a number.
2: Oh, do you know? Ten goals, uh six, seven. I'm gonna say lower. Or maybe I don't know. I, I don't know which way you're gonna go. It's either gonna
0: eight or two. I was gonna say I was
2: gonna say, <laughs> say three. Three. I don't know. Two.
1: Okay. I can see the pass in front of the net off the face off. Two. And mm-hmm. then Wow. Last night, one of them, right? So, so what's your you, hypothesis
0: you, there? You'd you think that <laughs> – I just find it weird. Mm-hmm. I, somebody mentioned that to me today, and I'm like, that's – I, I would have thought the number would have been six with you. Yeah. That when you're on a hot streak and you got one of your line mates and two of the most gifted players on the team would be shown this great chemistry together, but it, it doesn't really fall out. Doesn't doesn't play out that way.
1: Well, I have a pile of statistics for you on this Marner streak over the eight games if you'd like to hear some. Um, prior to the 26 ge- or the twenty six games prior to this streak, he averaged 2.3 shots uh, per game, four shots per game during this streak. So he is shooting the puck more. That's a big part of it. The bigger part for me is inner slot shots. He was getting half a shot per game from the inner slot. He's getting closer to one and a half. So he's getting three times as many shots from the dangerous areas of the ice. Yeah. So it's about where he's getting to. To me, it's not about the volume. For me, it's the, it's the where he's getting to part of it. it.
0: They're not like, and we saw an amazing give and go on his goal with uh, Marner at the top. Yeah. To Morgan down the wall. The Matthews goal. Yes, the yes. Matthews goal yeah, to, yeah. to Austin in the slot. Yeah. A lot of the goals between Marner and Matthews aren't the. uh, I see you're saying that's not even like Marner making the pass. They're not not a one two punch when it comes to either one of them scoring. So it's almost like you put these guys on separate lines and get the same results as that I don't know, maybe. Marner assists a lot more on Matthew's goals than Matthew does on
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Marner's Mm -hmm.
2: goals. I, I mean, that's,
0: yeah. And we know he's a shooter. Matthews is not your right we've I've had this conversation with you before not your typical playmaking centerman a
1: guy like bunting is going to benefit from a guy like Matthews more because Matthews is going to create rebounds around the crease and that's not where Marner is going to get his his assists off Matthews right he's not a a garbage cleanup type of guy but yeah that's um pretty good run there for Marner and and credit to to, for to to where he's getting more than anything else
0: we discussed uh Frederick Anderson Mm -hmm. Peter Morazic Little oh. uh, unorthodox at times. You know, I was at what that game last him? night. He's a road hockey goalie, just a battler.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's out there challenging. He's angry. He run me a Denny Lemieux and slap shot. He's yelling at the ref, leaning on the crossbar. He's all over the map. And he played great game.
0: When you're on, you're on. And <sighs> but the problem with that style is when it's when it's off, it, it can get ugly for him.
1: And it just looks so bad. Like if it doesn't, but he made the saves. Like yeah,
0: I didn't like D'Angelo's. Goal.
1: No, no, no G- not, not, not at all. He skated down the rink and shot it in the net. That is, I can tell you one thing I you know about Sheldon Keefe is there better be a fake or a tip or a reason for a goalie or he goes right to the goalie coach. You can't just yeah. shoot it in the net past yeah. the goalie. That's you not know, allowed. You
0: know what that was? He he wasn't ready. Everyone was asleep.
1: Well, was, more, was that Morgan who was on the blue? and he?
0: Uh... Yeah, but you, you watch Murazic, He, he didn't even know where his net was on that shot.
1: No, he did not.
0: And D'Angelo's a nice player with an average shot. Mm-hmm. He did not blow it past him, and it wasn't posting in.
2: That thing was like six inches off yeah, the shot post. It into the It was m- the perfect spot. Low blocker, blocker snapper. It's a tough, that's a tough one for goalies. A lot of goalies will tell you that's the hardest shot is the ta- low blocker ta- snapper. C N H L. the NHL. No, you know, we're going to no,
1: need no, you to make that save.
0: You, you, you can't show them that much far side. He yeah. just didn't know where his net was, and that's eight seconds in, and maybe looking at, uh, I don't know, score clock or something. He Counting just... Counting up
1: his save percentage, going, well, that many doing the math, Did... divided by, oh, no, it's in the net.
0: Wasn't that one of those goals where you're like, oh oh
1: Oh, yeah, I had a moment. That was a
0: oh oh moment for the Leafs, I think.
1: But there were plenty of them, and he made a ton of saves, and uh, you know who was very happy with his performance? Uh, that would be Sheldon Keefe. Why don't we take a listen?
3: I thought he was really great. Um you know, we, we didn't give up a great deal, but when we did, especially in that second period, there's some really good chances there. Uh and he stood tall on them. And even in the first there's a lot of activity. They were shooting the puck from everywhere early in the game and, and directing things to the net and tips and rebounds and and uh up uh, shots through traffic and, and he looked really strong. They got him, you know, on the backside uh, tip and we gotta do a better job of tying up that stick on the first goal. but yeah, I, I thought he was he was excellent in that second period, especially, and, uh, and it gives us a chance to find our way in the game, and ultimately, you know, uh, to get two points.
1: Do you want to just tie that to the other clip,
0: or do yeah, I? I, mean, I think you almost have to, okay, JB, because now you want to read into Sheldon, and uh, how's it going to look now in the back half of the season, mm-hmm. and where where is the split ultimately going to be? where Jack ran with it completely in the first half. Let's see if we can pick up uh, the vibe off of Sheldon Keefe's comments on how he may use Mrazek from here on in.
3: You can see it coming. I think it's a little early to to say that, but he's certainly building momentum here, and that's really what we're looking for, and that's part of the reason why you put him in tonight. You know, I thought you know, he, he came off that great game in, coming in relief in New Jersey, and he didn't start him the next night, and then you've got the break, and i you know, wanting him to get right back to it here today, knowing that, we, you know, it gives us at the same time a chance to get Jack um, some rest coming off the All-Star break and then ramp up for, for Calgary. But we're going to need two goalies. Uh, you know, that was coming into the season. We knew that was going to be the case, and it really hasn't been uh, up until the last little bit. Um, the fact that Peter is A, healthy, and B, uh, gaining positive momentum in his play and, and our team's comfort playing in front of him is a very healthy thing for our team.
0: It's almost as if they've had this shiny $11 million toy and they haven't been able to use it, and now they can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, not quite an $11 million. Oh, yeah, I guess he did cost 11 total, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, and you know what's funny is he could have got killed, Keith, I mean, for going to Mrazic here. Like, they're going up against Carolina, best team in the NHL by winning percentage, you know, rival team that are are in the East, a competitive team for them, and a team that he mentioned earlier in the season that, you know, was the team they wanted to kind of be like or be better than, and you go to Mrazic. You know, it's a pretty risky move, right? If if Mrazic lays an egg and they're down three spit before the game even starts, you don't think he gets killed?
0: No. No, I don't. Oh. I, I don't. I, I just think that... You'd have been all over him. No, not for the start. I would have been all over Mrazic for just being crap. Okay. That's where the fault is.
1: Yeah, you think that he deserves at least a chance. Oh, right. 100%. Okay. He
0: is almost a $4 million a year goalie. Yeah. You're supposed to play in games like this. Right. And you're supposed to be good and you're supposed to win. He did that last night. Yeah. and Battled. That's... That's what they wanted to show. They gave him a spotlight. They gave him a stage last night, and they sprinkled it on with that emotional tie of a former team mm-hmm. and wanting to show them that they were wrong and all of that. And that's that's how it should play out. That's those opportunities yeah. that you have to identify as a management team, and the Leafs did that last night.
1: Hey, did, uh, did they do – you guys do money on the board when you played? Was that a thing at yeah. all, the same thing? Yeah, you know, like um, you know, Elliot joked about it last night, but I wonder what kind of money a guy like that would put on the board. How bad do you want to beat a team like that?
0: But yeah, yeah, was, probably more than my two fifty, three hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, yeah, four hundred bucks. So then,
2: money <laughs> on the East Coast League money. So money on the board means that the guys, everybody gets. It goes money. into a team kitty into, for a no, dinner you, party. You can, do, you can do anything you want. Yeah, uh, you game can, winning goal
0: trainers. Exactly. Um, Goals against average down under three, whatever, you know? Yeah, you
1: right up beside it. You know, generally if it's just the your name and number, or just the number and your your whatever, the dollar amount and your number, it's to the team fund. But yeah. What no, were they doing in
2: the ECHL? Twenty five
1: fifty bucks is pretty standard. A <laughs> yeah. hundred bucks and a hundred bucks in a real big game. That's like that. you write hundred bucks up there on the coast, guys. are like, you know, there's a, a audible sound in the room. Ooh. <gasps> oh my god, oh you know, big, big wheel.
2: That's funny.
0: So wonder if uh if you have to, like, factor in the cap when you do that.
1: Well, you know, there should That's be some sort of cap circumvention. <laughs> well, this happened once, actually. Ron Wilson put money on the board for the Leafs back in the day. Like 600 bucks or something. It was a big deal because one of the guys in the team is for the game-winning goal. Someone won it. It's paying a player above and beyond the cap. You know, could Dubas walk in there and out of his own jeans say... <laughs> 10k
2: to 10k you know. for winning the first round boys let's yeah.
0: go yeah her guy oh listen you got to keep an eye on everything dad's trips gifts yeah right you used to be able to give them a ton of stuff now it's like
1: yeah yo sign for league minimum with us and when your dad comes where do you see his goddamn gift bag <laughs>
2: hey, it's full it's of money bars,
0: <laughs> a rolex yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah um i just just to go back to Mirazik. uh Like you were talking about, road hockey goalie style. I think he is a wonderful 1B as a regular season guy. You know, I I think he really translates... You as just a guy, couched that a lot
1: of different ways.
0: Like, you would be as nervous with Mrazik <laughs> as you were in the last few years with Freddie.
2: More so, <laughs> <laughs> he is like he somehow made a kick save on like a on, on like a chest high wrister <laughs> on Aho on that breakaway. Well, I was like, what? I've never seen a kick save on that shot. Karate kick. He's just a. Uh, he's a very very. It's the ultimate probably grew eye up test, watching Hasek. Eye tests versus results thing that like there's a lot of guys like this in baseball with like relievers where I can't stand watching them but they get results so you have to keep putting them out there it's kind of how I feel about Mrazik if he's playing well he's getting results the numbers are turning good fine play him but God, it's not an enjoyable watch, I have to say. It is a
1: very enjoyable watch when you don't have skin in the game, for I sure. imagine. Like, I would say. That, you know. I think that's fair. But it's uh he is, he keeps it interesting, boy. He's, Campbell's he's much
2: more just kind of square to the shooter, no rebound. He's tec- more, more technical, technical for sure.
1: Goaltender. There's some
0: hashtag to, to Mrazic's game.
2: One, and I don't want to go too far
0: on this point of interest instead of maybe concern is. I don't. I didn't think Tavares had a very good game. Two assists. Two assists. Yeah. But minus nine the last eleven games. Hmm. Lines scuffling. Okay, it's scuffling. Yeah, it really is. and, And it's five on five, boys. Yeah. Five on five. I thought. Tavares and, and Nylander struggled. I didn't think Nylander was great either. He had a couple of chances, so people
1: probably remember those, but I didn't think, I didn't think that line was great. <laughs> his yeah. three-on-three three shift
2: would uh, drive any hockeyman. Oh, my God.
1: And that three-on-three three shift's Holy. in OT. was like, take a stride. The, if you're that
0: <laughs> tired, get off the rink. You know, the, the one thing I see, again, if, if you want to talk about playoff hockey, first goal, Tavares has the puck down low. Mm-hmm. Jordan Stahl just bodied him. Bigger fish, he's the little fish.
1: Well, Jordan Stahl did that to a few guys last night. Every I don't know if they were trying to get the matchup against Dermott and Lilligren, but Jordan Stahl against that line was like, you can't do that if you're the Leafs. You just cannot. Like, Stahl was eating Jordan, their
0: lunch. Jordan is all-world playoff type of guy. He's a big rig, eh? Oh, my gosh. He's <laughs> just a lot of person. And, and, again, when you when you talk about a, a best-of-seven now, factor in now he's... Totally geared on shutting down thirty-four or ninety-one. Yeah, and that's yeah. what happened to them with Montreal Canadiens.
1: Yeah,
0: and if you don't have two lines going five on five, it's gonna wear the crap out of Matthews yeah. and Marner.
1: There's there's a lot it's gonna on wear Tavares them year. down. Well, Huge. they didn't have Tavares last year.
0: They didn't have him. So you
1: know, if they can get something from him, that could be the difference. But again, they're not getting Montreal. God, they got Montreal in the first oh, round last the year. And didn't get <laughs> oh, they're literally in last this year. But
0: <laughs> he, he's competitive. Tavares is he competitive. He's competitive. And he's got high hockey IQ, but speed and quickness and quicker decisions in his own zone and less turnovers. It's a bit of a concern.
1: Dubas said this about Muzzin recently that, you know, sometimes when he slows down or isn't playing well, people say, is he losing it? But he's competitive and he usually, you know, he has uh, mentally wants to prove it. So he usually finds his way through. And that's where you're at with Tavares, too, where he's competitive. He's a hockey guy, just like Muzzin. So you hope that, you know, he can find his way through here uh, come postseason. But I agree last night that it wasn't great.
2: I mean, Ralphie said it yesterday too. Not to reference him twice, but he said that he's not necessarily concerned with it because of the first line. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, felt like they're a one-line team. They have another elite line on their roster, so that you can kind of paper over their scuffling. And you have to. This has always been the Willie Nealander story, though. Like as much as people defend him, as much as people say he's good, say he's bad. That's why he's the most, the perfect sports radio player. Oh, he's a because gift. there's there's other there's both sides. will always have an opinion on him. There's always going to be these swoons in a season. It's been happening. They're less, they're less, um, they don't happen as often as they used to, but there's still going to be a couple weeks here and there where he goes through these big swoons, and that's why he doesn't get paid as much as other guys do because there's that little inconsistency still to his game. He's been great. He's having his best year as a Leaf, but they still show up here and there. He's slowly falling back below
1: a point per game, Willie. He's turning back into, you know, from... Normal Willie. <laughs> he's got, you know, five points over his last 11, 12 games, whatever it is. He's and listen, of, I don't, like, I'm not... No, digging. I'm not I saying he's I'm not. Just, he's
2: just kind of doing what he does. Played 20 minutes
1: last night. They must have liked him. 15 minutes the night before.
0: You know, he's a... Uh, Oh, you know, I wanted to get into it uh, with you. Mm. Is the question you asked me off air before we came on air?
1: Uh, Marner Svechnikov. Yes. Yeah, that was a great question. I forget who asked me that, but Svechnikov makes eight million a year, or even less, maybe. Sammy around seven point seven point seven five. Who'd you rather have, Marner at nearly eleven, or Svech at seven point seven five? So here's why I, I I hesitate on the question is just Svechnikov's greasy. Like Sammy, he's got that little bit. of, Like he fight a couple times. He hit a bit.
0: Yeah, he'll shoot it like. Well, and that's that's playoff type of guy. Yeah. So, but Marner right now is the best player on earth. I mean, <laughs> I mean
1: he is. Know, like he has in the last eight, eight games, ten goals,
0: best in the NHL. But if you if you were the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you had both players on the sideline. To play one game, or maybe a best of seven—I don't care. Yep. Take your pick. With the Leaf lineup as is, yeah. Who would you? Who would you take?
1: I'll give you a clear, definitive answer. Mitch Marner.
0: You would, eh? Yeah. So you I would take Sveshnikov. Would you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, for, I just think for me a regular
1: for, season, the salary cap. I take I,
0: Sveshnikov. I, I just think the Leafs are in dire need of a big body yeah. that can. Not only go around you, without sc- can can go through you.
1: Yeah, yeah that's he's, all. He's he's developing that as he gets older. He seems more confident
0: in I that just, element of his game. That, that's still the one thing we can talk about: the blue line and needing to add one or two pieces. But in a perfect world, the Leafs don't have. They've got forwards that will go around you, mm-hmm. but they don't have one that can go through you.
1: Yeah. I, I've written articles on the Leafs and playoffs and the around you thing, around the zone, not cutting into the net. Like I even found last night, there's a few times um, where they, they didn't challenge the D uh, into the net to cut across or challenge them with their speed. Uh, there's just a few times the Leafs can be a little bit more aggressive in those things. Um, are we breaking or did
2: we want to do Leafs D? Well, we could do it. I mean, we could save it for a little later. All we right, want break it. and get Kelly on, get his take. Okay. Okay, Sammy just uh, sent us to break.
0: <laughs> Does it all here on the Real Kipper and Born show. So we got Mike Kelly after the break. And um, I don't know, who else do we have? <laughs> Rupper. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Mike Rupper. Just Mike Rupp, no big
0: deal. Oh, yeah. We love Rupper. He'll, he'll come in in the second hour. So plenty more to come on Real Kipper and Born show number 86.
2: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Let's welcome in Mike Kelly, hockey analyst, specializing in analytics, NHL network and sports logic. Mike, how are you?
4: Kipper, I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: Uh we're good. We had um we had some uh league elite last night here in Toronto. And uh for Sammy the the good guys came out on top. Uh what did you see?
4: I thought it was a great game. Um, you know, Carolina's uh an elite team in a little bit of a different way than Toronto for me. Uh, they're a team that dumps a lot of pucks and are are really hard on a four check. Um you know they, they they play a possession heavy game but in a bit of a different way and uh and they can match Toronto in a lot of ways and uh, i thought the leafs you know, played a really good game in general um i man i was just thinking a few seconds ago about that that face-off player that matthew scored in the one-timer like i don't know that i can remember seeing a better executed set face-off play that was beautiful um mm-hmm. And then Marner, you know, he, he does this thing. It's great to see the Marner scoring after I think he had like 6 and 26 or 28 to start the season, and and now he's on a tear. So uh, it was a great hockey game. Two really skilled teams. Uh, like I said, they play a little different, but they're both super talented and fun to watch. Um, I take that as a playoff series.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Tons of talent in there. But, I, you know, one of the sort of un, under-discussed things with those two teams is just how good they both are defensively. You know, in a lot of the conversations I've heard going into that game were like, "All right, well, Carolina is a great defensive team. You know, the Leafs don't quite have that, but the Leafs are are kind of in that echelon, are they not? The top five, top ten defensive team in the league, anyway.
4: Yeah, they're a good defensive team. Um, I, I think sometimes narratives kind of hang around a little longer than they, they probably should. Like if you go back a few years, no, Toronto was not a good defensive team, right? Um, in the bottom ten, typically, and. Uh, you know, key defensive areas, uh, the, the last couple of years, they've been much better defensively. You look at expected goals against, uh, which is more a reflection of team defense independent from the goaltending. You look at just the actual goals against average. Um, I mean, there's six this year. So, uh, yeah, Toronto, it was such a high-powered offensive team, um, but they play a pretty well-rounded, complete game. I, I absolutely would not say they're uh, a, a below-average defensive team in any significant measure.
0: And the one thing that uh, is abundantly clear and Carolina found out last night is that you, you cannot have a parade to the penalty box uh, Four power play opportunities. They cash in on one, um, but Marner Matthews on a power play. That's <laughs> you're flirting, you know, but does it dry up Mike as, as the season progresses, less opportunities, I think if we were to watch these two teams in a best of seven, I'm not sure we'd see any one of those games with one team with four opportunities.
4: Yeah, maybe not. There might be something to that in terms of playoffs. Um, you, you know, it's it's interesting. You go back to the start of the year, like Toronto was you know, a bit of a mess. This is only, what, six, seven games, but they were a bit of a mess, and the power play was part of it. Um, they couldn't score. I mean, people were talking about what's wrong with the power play. Um, they got the best power play in the league now at 30%. So obviously even recently it's really been clicking, but the, as you said, Kipper, you got Matthews and Marner out there doing their thing. Um, when those guys are on they're they're you know, kind of unstoppable. And uh, they, they just have so many different weapons that can beat you. And what I like about Toronto, their power play, you know, recently a lot of movement, a lot of different looks, it's not predictable. And they've just got guys there that they, they can beat you from different areas of the ice. And Like, that's one of the things about Austin Matthews this year, I'd say more than ever in his career, is he's just getting better as a goal scorer, which is crazy to think about. But he can score not only from different areas on the ice, but in any way you want. Deflecting pucks, rebounds, um, all the patented things that we know that uh, he's famous for, his shot, et cetera. But, yeah, just, just lethal offensive weapons.
1: Mike, one of your more recent tweets is uh, that you're doing some work on goalie performance, consistency, and team-by-team impact, and it might be time to create an award for Thatcher Demko, which obviously a yeah. uh, wonderful, wonderful goaltender there for the Canucks. I, I wonder if any of the, your findings looked at Carolina or Toronto at all and their goaltending and, and what they've been dealing with this this season so far. As we've been discussing Freddie Anderson and Peter Mraza quite a bit today. Um, the the boys have been on Freddie a little bit, but we know he's having a great season statistically, is he not?
4: Yeah, he's a top five goalie for me this year. Um, you know, I, I kind of think you're looking at Shusterkin and Saros as your top two guys and mm-hmm. put them whatever order you want. Saros has played more. Uh, Shusterkin's per game has been better. And then my next three are probably in whatever order, um, Jari and Anderson and Gibson. So, yeah, he's in my top five, absolutely. And, look, I, I didn't see the kind of bounce back that he's had coming because he wasn't great his last couple of years in Toronto. So, Carolina saw something Um, he's been, he's been fantastic for them this year. And for Toronto, they moved on obviously. And, and Jack Campbell uh, had a bit of a dip recently, but he's been very good overall. Some of the things that I'm looking at. So like, we all know goaltending is important for every team, obviously. Right. But it's more important for some teams than other teams. And it was the Oilers that got me down this rabbit hole because Mm -hmm. um, we all know what issues they've had in goal so far this season, but So I'm looking at just consistency. Okay, so how many games does your team play where your goalie performance is at expected or above expected uh, in terms of goals saved above expected? So are you stopping as much as you should or more relative to the quality of shots you're facing? And in games where Edmonton gets that good goaltending, they've won 16 out of 19 games. That's an 84% win rate, which is top three in the league. Right. Uh, The problem is that more than than half their games, they've had below average goaltending and they struggle to win those. So um, anyways, without getting too much into it, uh, one interesting note that I've seen so far is that in games where the Maple Leafs have not had expected or better goaltending, Mm -hmm. they have the highest winning percentage of any team. They won 58% of those games. Hasn't happened a ton. Goaltending obviously isn't a huge issue for Toronto, but, it just goes to show you that if, if you know their goalie's off one night um, but for whatever reason, they've obviously got the firepower where they can, uh, they can make that up and still win a game. Colorado's next, Carolina's third. Probably shouldn't be entirely surprising.
0: And that's been an ongoing thing in the narrative is are you flirting with fire, constantly outscoring your mistakes on the nights that you're not getting the goaltending that you're talking about? And can you carry that for a round? Maybe, but can you do it for three or a Stanley Cup?
4: Yeah, so Toronto's goaltending hasn't been, they haven't had an alarming number of those type of games. So I don't think they're constantly covering up for below average goaltending by any means. And as Justin touched on, defensively, they're a well above average team. Like the thing I always come back to with Toronto when it comes to defensive and mistakes and what you're talking about, Kipper, is that I think they make the critical mistakes in the wrong moments, and, and oftentimes um, their, uh, I guess, over-reliance on possessing the puck uh, at the wrong times can hurt them. And I go back to a lot of research I've done about playoffs and what successful teams do and how they win, and I, I firmly believe you have to be able to give the puck up and get it back in order to be successful, especially into later rounds in the playoffs. And, and Toronto, as you guys know, plays a very heavy keep the puck, maintain possession um, type of game. So uh, that's where I'd be looking at more than, you know, them kind of outscoring macro defensive problems. Because as we talk about, I think they're a very good defensive team.
1: Yeah. Well, while we're digging into number stuff, you also found something in Marner's uh, winning or shoot uh, goal scoring streak. Did you not? It was a quick, quick release shots.
4: Yeah. So. Uh, anytime you got a guy that scored 10 goals in eight games, there's nothing that can fully explain it. Otherwise you right. score a hundred goals a year and nobody <laughs> does that except for Wayner, back when he had 92. Um, but yeah, he's, and it, it got me looking at it because it's what he said. Uh, he was asked a few days ago, you know, what's with the goal scoring streak. And he said, I'm, I just got the puck and I'm shooting it. I'm just ripping it. I think was, his. Um, so that that's helped. It's, it's been one of the contributing factors. He is shooting a bit more in general. He is, get into quality areas a little bit more than he was before. Um, his quick-release shot rate has gone up a little bit. These are all things that go into it. Um, but then there's also the fact that a lot of pucks are just going in, and that's fine, too. You put it together, this is what you know constitutes a, a good goal-scoring streak.
0: And a nice, juicy rebound from Frederick Anderson oh, with about go. five Couple minutes of to go in, in the third period. Does not hurt? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, now that we're... Officially in the back half of the season, is there a consistency to what happens with your general numbers that you follow most often than not? Do you see a swing? Uh, Do you notice teams tightening up? Do you notice uh, teams gearing towards a, a playoff type of style?
4: Yeah, that's a a great question. Um, Kind of year over year historically uh, as the season progresses, it's not so much a halfway point thing, but just as the year goes along, there tends to be um, less quality opportunities off the rush than there are at the start of the year. And I think that kind of speaks to what you're talking about, Kipper, just the the game tightens up a little bit. Um, So, you know, that's that's one area. Um, I think the kind of the LA Kings found that out a little bit um, when they got off to such a hot start. The year before, Montreal, in their first 10 games, I mean, they were scoring two goals a game off the rush, and once that dried up, they, they didn't have a lot of other ways to create offense. Um, so you do see you know, certain things like that happening, uh, and that's one that jumps out to me, but uh, I'm sure there's more that I just uh, i am not aware of or haven't looked into.
1: Mike, early in the season, we had a discussion with you. The Leafs are when they were like 2-4-1 and one, and their, you know, first expected goals and 3,000 billionth in actual goals. It was all out of whack. <laughs> and you were like, oh, they'll score. And then uh, they scored. Um, you know, usually by now, the regression has caught up for everyone. Is there still any team out there in either direction that is out of whack with what we would expect based on their output, whether it be expected goals or their underlying numbers uh, but they're just not getting the results and you expect things to change?
4: That's uh, a great question. Um, Ed Edmonton is a little bit, and, and, and the overall isn't so jarring just because they got off to such a great start, but then everything went downhill so fast um, and for quite a long time. I think from the start of December uh, up until recently when they ripped off a few wins in a row, but um, there's they're still a team where, uh, you know, good power play, but their, their power play in terms of expected goals is first in the league. Like they, they should have the best power play. Right. Uh, so I think that will still even get better in the second half for them, uh, start to trend upwards a little bit. Um, and, and they were another team that, you know, wasn't giving up a crazy amount. They were generating a decent amount at five on five. They weren't terrible numbers, but the results on both ends were just awful. Um, So they they have seen recently, like I said, a little bit of a correction. I think you'll see more of that. Um, That team, I know people have talked about, well, depth issues and, yeah, if they're not getting power play goals, their five-on-five isn't good enough and different things like that. But I think that team is just going to ride or die with goaltending. If if they can get average goaltending, they're in the playoffs and they're not bad. If they can get really good goaltending, they could be a team that could knock a couple teams out. Um, But if it's not better than what it's been – uh recently they're in a ton of trouble
0: did you catch head coach dave tippett's uh comment on mike smith returning i didn't it's time for him to jump in and get the job done for us (laughs) not
4: subtle (laughs) no pressure you need
0: a you need a new stat on uh coming off uh intimidating quotes (laughs)
4: No kidding, no pressure there, Mr. Smith, but uh, our entire organization's future this season kind of relies on you, so.
1: Yeah, that's that's about where they're at. I am am excited to see how how they end up faring, and I just wanted to get one thought from you before we let you go on the other teams in the Atlantic that are at the top, uh, Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston. How do Toronto's rivals stack up statistically? Who do you like best out of that group? And where do, I guess where does Toronto fit into that group?
4: Uh, I like Tampa and Florida in the top class of it, and I think Toronto-Boston in the next class, probably Toronto you know, a little ahead of Boston in that sense. But, um, you know, Tampa is what they are, right? And when you get into a seven-game playoff series against them and they've got Vasilevsky and they've got Hedman controlling the pace of the game and, and all that firepower as well, um, they're, they're every bit as good as Toronto in and, and a lot of areas, maybe better in some. Uh, and Florida has kind of emerged this year as this juggernaut team, and and uh, they're physical, they can score, um, you know, good goaltending, certainly. Uh, so I, I'd have those two teams at the top. Um, it's tough for Toronto because, look, they're in a 733 win percentage, and, and we're talking that they might be the third best team in their own division, which you obviously have to get out of to have success in the playoffs, but, um, yeah, I'm a playoff series against Florida or Tampa Bay right now, uh, would, would not be fun. Although I guess if Toronto can win the division, uh, which they're certainly capable of, then maybe you force those two teams to play each other and, you know, win a first round, you don't have to play at least one of them.
0: Mike, we know you got to run. We really appreciate your time coming on the show. Thanks for doing this.
4: Anytime, and uh, good to see Borney on the on the set last night. Great job! Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, see you. Thanks for joining.
0: I met a friend uh, at uh, Saint Louis uh, Chicken Wing Place. So did you? I, I, oh, did you I the- watched the- you. I just couldn't hear you. That's the best. I'm best like that, to be honest. I assume I was missing <laughs> riveting stuff.
1: I did mix in a zone entry percentage comment at one point, which wow. is probably you know not. I don't know, people don't like that stuff.
0: uh, highlights? Did you get your highlights? Did you get everything you needed? <laughs> were they really good to you?
1: The, you know what? Uh, David Amber and Elliot Friedman were really wonderful <laughs> to me, truly. So I couldn't figure out how to uh, how to put the two ear pieces in. They, I, I didn't know. I've The stick mic kipper, I've never held it before. So, like, do, yes. do you put it on the table when someone else is talking? Do you hold it there like a putz up by your yeah, lips? I,
0: I like taking it down when I'm not speaking. Yeah. And then you bring it back up when it's important.
2: I, uh, I, I felt it's, hyper, uh, Ricky Bob. Bobby, yeah. no idea what to do you, with my hands. Yeah, you kind of so you sinatra. lay it down on the desk a little yeah. bit, like put your hand down, and then you bring it back yeah. up. Like you're an entertainer. Hold... Just super casual, super casual, <laughs> no big deal. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so you were mentioning the, the playoff series potential there with Mike Kelly. Yes. And this has been a obviously a, a conversation amongst Leaf fans, a lot of different people hypothesizing who they could play. Is it is it bad to say that the Panthers would be a good matchup for the Leafs? I know they don't play them. But just for these two reasons, okay? The Leafs have to go on the road to play the, 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 the Cats, let's just say. Okay. What percentage of that building will be Leaf fans? 48. Yeah, you know. And Sergey Bobrovsky's playoff numbers are the two reasons that that gives me hope. Mm, I like your have argument. You seen, have you seen – as, do you, far as do you know his numbers for his career in the nah. playoffs? I have them in front of me. Is it start of the nine? I bet not. It doesn't. It's eight nine nine and a three two four save percentage, and that's in forty one games played in the playoffs. It's not like it's like a. Oh fun. my goodness! Yeah. Really? Yes. He's I... horrible in the playoffs. So those are the two it's reasons that I that gives me great it would give me a little bit of confidence. Well, the rest of their lineup gives me no confidence. As far as your your first
0: comment, uh, whether there's fans or empty seats,
2: they don't get to play. Doesn't it matters? You don't think that matters? No. I think it matters. No, that's not well, going to decide. Fan, so, of course, I think it matters. That's, yes, they it they matters. lose at home that's
1: too, though, Sam. Not deciding. <laughs> that's not, oh, we do not
0: agree. <laughs> that's not deciding any series. And number two is outside of Vasilevsky, they're all unproven. They're all going into an area where either they've failed miserably in the past or they just have not done it. Also, so,
1: Mason Marchman would score 36 goals against the <laughs> Leafs just to drive home the point. Florida can on. score. We're, we're getting a little internet abuse about not being positive enough about the Leafs. Are we not positive about the Leafs? I, I don't think we say anything that they wouldn't say
0: about themselves. You can't
1: handle the truth. <laughs> God,
0: Derek, you're on en fuego.
2: I love that. <laughs> who's, who's giving you grief right now? Oh, the internet was a little sour about us talking about being, them being in cap jail. You know,
1: I'm fired up about this. About people uh, about talking about them being in cap jail. They are in cap jail. They're against
2: the damn okay.
0: salary cap.
2: Okay. Look on the internet.
0: I think- We're
1: not the... making it up. And
0: Edmonton
2: is, and Vegas the is. is. It's yep. a
1: flat cap.
2: Yeah. I think the argument is, is that they've spent their money efficiently. So? I know. And we were talking about in the context of making a trade. Right. And they are in cap jail if they want to make a trade. It's money in, it's money out. They are up against it. How do you assess where the team is going without assessing where
1: they're at in the salary cap? That dictates what they can do, who has to go, who you can fit in. That's the only conversation to have.
0: Agree. And I I really believe it was a strategic way of getting ahead of the narrative for Kyle Dubas. Every day that goes by, I really believe that they're – there won't be that big trade that maybe some fans are looking for. Still, right? I don't. I'm not sure it's out there. Like, yeah. who, Whoa. like even the 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 sixth and seventh D are getting signed. Who's the St. Louis uh, uh, bortuzo Yeah, Bortuzzo, and you threw out Luke Shen.
2: Oh, that's my boy. Yeah, that's your boy. I keep dreaming. That's where we're that. at. That's, I never talking to Luke Shen like that's, he's
0: that's, <laughs> Chris a, Pronger. That's a filler. That's a, that's a insurance policy. That's not making your team better. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. I'm with Kipper Kip, there. It's Kipper, not making your team better. I horses back there. What it's
2: doing <laughs> you is just plugging a hole if you need it. You don't think putting him into the lineup over Dermot or Lilligan makes him? No. Better? Not enough. No, no. I, mean, I, I mean, is yes, it, a it decimal does. point zero 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 one? Uh, listen, if we're going to go up maybe. against like war stats or like, I don't know, maybe no. like, but like legitimately, your team looks much no. better with him in the bottom pairing no, than. not much better. better. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Not much better. It's a good depth fill in. It, it's You're fancy there, Ben Hutton. They're 7th they're, they're D. They're, they're in case mm. someone goes down. Well, he didn't play for – what did he play for Tampa in the playoffs in the past few years? S- uh, four games? Yeah. Five games? That's exactly Perfect. what he
1: should play. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Sammy thinks
2: he's coming in with a cape with an S <laughs> on it. Okay. <laughs>
1: whatever,
2: <laughs> whatever. I just think he's like, a good games a, for Tampa. Last he's year. a good, he's a good addition to the bottom half of the Leafs lineup, I, and, and he's a big he upgrade. He would be a over, good addition for He's a guy that whatever, hits a guy, a fifth rounder. hits so, a guy, can clear out the front of the net. I, I do, I do think that he's a guy that could make them a it, little he, better. Yes. And
0: Luke got an extra year at eight fifty, and Bertuzzo signed now, and like they're they're valuable pieces as seventh D.
1: We just had. Mike Feuda on their show and said, What do you want for the Carolina? He said, I'd like to grab some like D, uh, some, you know, defensive D men and some toughness. Uh, Like every other team.
0: Yeah. So. But but that's just whipped cream for them. (laughs) Okay. The The Leafs need need ice cream. (laughs) They need some some
2: pumpkin pie.
0: (laughs) They need ice cream before they get to whipped cream. Yeah. And. We still don't know where Muzzin is. You assume that he's going to be ready and he's feeling good and he's rejuvenated and he's ready for a a good push where you can see the old Muzzin who has a little snarl and is a true shutdown guy. But did you see out of Justin Hall last night enough to say, well, he's back as a, a solid top four for the Leafs?
1: I, I can't go ahead and say that we need to be more positive and then talk about Justin Hall. Not after well, the game last night.
2: I thought okay, well you want to do positive I thought Sandine was, was really good beside him. Yes. I thought Sandine was noticeably good in a game that is a big game versus a good team. I thought he was physical, I thought he was moving the puck, I thought he was going north, I thought he was okay in his own yep. zone. His partner. You know what I could use from him though, from Sandine? Just a little less. An extra foot? Well, size would be good,
1: yeah. A couple, couple inches, but he's so involved offensively in the ozone. Sometimes it's a, it seems like a little much, but I, I, he's busy. I,
0: I still find him risky.
1: He's busy. Very yeah, he's, okay. he's you know, that's fair. He's
2: risky business.
1: There's no doubt. Cannot deny that. Okay. If you pause the frame in any one of his shifts, you can't always identify what position he might be. A defenseman, winger. I I thought he was great, Sam. I loved him last night. He really good breaking the puck out fast, you know, running it guys.
0: You may be at the mercy as and Kyle already alluded to this that we just got to hope that these guys continue to get better, better and better and are ready for Stanley Cup playoffs, playing eighteen minutes, twenty minutes. What did? Uh, what did Sandine finish with last night? Over twenty. I would say good chance. Almost I mean, twenty three. No way. Yes. Did he really? Yes. So, so to Sam's point, I think overall he held his own. Oh, he was he right? was very
2: good. I yeah. 22-30. Hall 30.
0: 22, 30.
2: was and just in his, and in his last junk. five games, he's played almost twenty games in all of them, twenty minutes in all of them. Wow. So he it, it's going well, he's up. He's Muzzin now. He's Muzzin. taking over That's for Muzzin. I, mean, I know. So yeah. in the now, if Muzzin returns. Uh, whenever I mean, I think he's trending towards return here in the next few games. Do but you the, do you keep Sandine beside him? The stage gets tougher with if you're playing alongside Muzzin because he's supposed to be one of your best guys. Yes, and that makes you a marquee. Yeah, part you're of the
1: you're going to be defending one of McDavid and Drysaitel or one of go through any of the good teams. Just, Name their top two centers. You know, whatever you.
0: It gets it. It gets tougher. So I would just, you try that? Uh, when
1: you you when might, might not have any back?
2: choice. Yeah,
1: I I think that that's a likely scenario. I I think so too. Because watching that third pair last night for the Leafs, Dermot and Lilligren cannot hang. Mm-mm. They they Travis Dermot is very. It's been frustrating. I think for for the team that he hasn't taken a step. But you know, so I said this last night, and actually I've been. I'm glad I get the chance to bring this up. It's three to three with six minutes to go in the hockey game last night. Three three. Riley and, uh, and Brody are skating to the bench for a change. You're a Leafs fan. Who do you want to see come on the ice? Who do you want
2: to see as the next D-pair come out? Well, if we're doing a draft, the first overall pick is Rasmus Sandin. If, it is. Uh, of the choices of last night. It's Sandin. It's Sandin, for sure. And, uh, and then,
1: uh, then, then Justin then Hall, Hall or
2: Lilligren? Hall.
1: Dermot last? Dermot's the last guy you want to see? Lilligren's the last guy for me.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I would go. Lili, I would go Dermot. But
1: I guess my point was that like none of those four guys made me feel like, oh, good. <laughs> you know, like you know, we talked about last season's Leafs team and the guys, you know, the snarl and defensive depth. I felt like that was Zach Pagosian. Good, get get Bogosian out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I trusted him to take care of business and just get through his shift with some veteran presence and savvy and physical. You know,
2: knows how to play the game, hold his own. Tough to come by. They don't have it. They need it i just, it it just makes you dream on what the lineup would look like if they could add a guy for the top four beside Muzzin. I don't know who it is, how they do it, but I you know people talk about adding forwards, and that may be a more savvy move to add to the top of the lineup Listen, because the problem is the if, price for dears if,
0: if you were gonna just have an ultimate wish list, it's Josh Manson,
2: yeah, I like Josh Kay. Manson. Right
0: handed shot can play legit top four tough with this someone had a great snarl. quote
1: about how the the Leafs have wanted him since you know Don't Cliff know. Fletcher was the GM or whatever the line was. Don't
0: know if Anaheim's even in a position Pat Verbeek's there now. They need to They've sell. got. Anaheim's gotta sell. Not that I think they're terrible. They just aren't winning a cup this year. And- but you 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 got um the defenseman, Lindholm. Okay, mm-hmm. you're gonna sell him and Manson, or do you keep one? Like it's very rare that you sell two top yeah, four when you're in a at the trade deadline playoff
1: position. Like they Hitch, are in a playoff position.
0: You got you got to sell tickets. You got to sell advertising. You got to get people to watch your games. I don't think they're going to sell two. So do you think they should? I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I'd try to hold. A, like. Try to make
2: the playoffs. It's a big trade deadline to just be coming in as the new guy. Well, but it, I, I would give also up just, one. just
1: knowing the, the value of, of guys. You know, Savard getting a first last year. You, you can know, stock
2: the cupboards pretty good Oh, for my man, God.
1: So. You move Manson and Lindholm.
0: What are you getting back? Firsts. I, Firsts for sure. For both. So, again, going back to what Kyle said, in a perfect world, he'd like to add with term – so Manson doesn't have term, but he will cost you a first-rounder. I don't think he can do that two years in a row. Oh, he, a, said, a, he, a, a he said he rounder will. A first-rounder for a rental. Yeah. Yes, he would
1: definitely do it. God, you wanted the first round and get swept by Tampa? For, for,
2: like, for Josh Manson, I ugh. would... I mean, Just a first-rounder, or is that a first-rounder and a prospect? Probably. I mean, there's talk that Chirot's going to get a first-rounder. If Chirot's going for a first-rounder. All day Manson, long. Man- Charot's all day long a first-rounder at the deadline. Then Manson needs to go for that plus a prospect, no? like Manson I, I don't, makes
1: I'm... 4.1 and Lindholm well, makes 5.2. I, I, Manson's
2: 30, yeah. Lindholm's 28. I, I don't know.
0: Sometimes you do hold on, and the the... The market falls a little bit too. That's the danger. It's it's a first now, but by the trade deadline, it could turn into a second and a third. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you're either in that Kyle's gonna either be in that we're gonna add another Ben Hutton at the trade deadline, <laughs> or you're you're gonna swing. Really hard. Swing. It's swing time. Bada, 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 bada. Bada, bada, bada. It's a Go it's a it. three two count here, baby. bottom of the ninth. Swing. <laughs> Not you, yet.
2: Yeah, you can't have the bad. You're your early in the hair. count right now. Yeah, that's
0: true. You're I early in the so. count. What
2: are you talking about? Pitches. It's the ninth inning here with it, this. Like how many first rounders? I don't know. I
0: no no. I'm just talking about between now and March. Oh. Oh. 21st. That's fair. It's early in the count.
2: See a couple of pitches still.
0: All right. It's break. Okay, we got one more break. Mike Rupp. After the break, we'll uh, we'll go around the league, get his thoughts. Mm-hmm. I I uh, was on last week with him on uh, Pat McAfee. Oh yeah, he does the hockey show for Pat.
1: You used naughty words on that show. I saw.
0: I used a lot of. well, Pat started it.
1: Does it feel good though? I didn't just to be your
2: authentic I didn't drop self. An, I, <laughs> I wish we could swear. I didn't oh, drop an... this show would be so <laughs> much. No, better. Actually, I don't know if it'd be better. It'd my be mom all would swearing. be crushed.
1: Yeah
0: oh i know but i put a warning on life
1: in the dressing room i can't help it
0: all right we'll get uh we'll get Rupper after the break you're listening to real kipper and born back after this